Welcome back to another episode of Spicing Things Up. I am your hostess with the mostest, Jacob Benson. Joining me here today is Brennan Merkel. How are we doing today, BMR? I like that. I like that intro, Jacob. And uh, I'm doing good. I am back in Lincoln, Nebraska. And the second I got back, man, I was hit with some of the most snow I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, dude. Uh, home sweet home, right? Yeah, seriously. I am looking out the window this morning and I seriously, I can't even see my car. Um, there's no plows that hit our neighborhood, at least the, the smaller streets that we're on. So it is legitimately covered in snow. So that's, that's a great right. start. Yeah, that's a warm uh, Nebraska Midwestern welcome. But uh, <laughs> so I'm officially out of isolation and I have Roseanne Barr on ambient energy from this because, oh, okay. yes, I have finally been able to uh, explore into the ventures of leaving my apartment. I honestly, I felt like uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi in A New Hope, just being like a recluse, just in isolation and nowhere. And then like you finally see people again. Yeah, yeah, old man, man. And I have never felt happier. I mean, like, like, so I was telling you earlier, like just the amount of euphoric state that my mind has gone into because life just does not feel real right now, dude. Like I haven't worked in two weeks. And then, you know, I, um, we get two snow days in a row, man. We have, uh, for those who do not live in Nebraska, we got 14 inches of snow in the last two days. Yeah. Yesterday, me and uh, one of my buddies, we had to push someone's car like halfway down the street. That's an exaggeration. It wasn't that far. But, you know, did the, did the gentleman thing to do, helped a guy uh, move his car. And I will tell you right now, when I walked out of the house, I was like, I gasped audibly. I was like, it was crazy. It's, and I've lived in the Midwest all my life, almost. So, Your life is a movie. Yeah, my life is a movie, dude. It's, uh, it's a scary movie. Going back to pushing the car out, they had it in neutral, right? Because I feel like that'd just be the biggest asshole move ever to like not put your car uh, in neutral if you're getting pushed. No, on the he street. was he was dry, he was still trying to hit the gas, so he was he was helping us. And once we got got it over a little little hump of snow, he was able to get it out of there. So who it was a mission chivalry? success. Who said chivalry was dead? Yeah, exactly. So hopefully that karma comes back, and maybe I'll uh, you know somebody will do something nice to to me next time i'm just gonna like buy you chipotle sometime and just have a ship to your house wow that would that would be amazing yeah you know what? It, it's still the season <laughs> of giving my opinion but hey guess what i also did um right after i got out of isolation which i easily could have done in it but i still want to tell you okay what what was that i watched a lot of pixar movies Ooh. some i have not seen before so let's, really which ones yeah. uh i watched inside out last night for the first wow time. yeah great great film yeah dude i was actually you know what pixar movies those are the only ones that can like really actually make me kind of like uh water the old eyeballs you know what i mean oh dude they mess you up in yeah. a good way yeah uh really quick so we're gonna do our top three favorite pixar movies because this needs to be brought up to everyone's attention so brennan you go first okay so i gotta go with old reliable and that is toy story and one or two one? Um, can't can't really decide honestly the first one's just so so classic but i would probably go number one but okay. either or they're just amazing films i actually watched that one yesterday too dude uh that's it like that is early yeah. signs of like sociopath antisocial, like psychopath right there <laughs> that kid needs to be locked up I, you know i saw like in the third one he's like a garbage kid and i was like yeah you know what this this looks right that kid is, is really dog water so he's dog water all right, yeah. So my my top three. So 
I definitely got to go with Inside Out number three, dude. Like that movie changed my perspective on a lot of things. I thought it was pretty good, pretty cute. And um, now I know that I'm not entirely in control of my own emotions. And I'm gonna I know, dude. That. It's such a such a cool concept. I love it. It's gonna be my cop out if I ever like act irrationally. I'll be like, hey, I'm not in control here. I'm not, I'm in the passenger seat, man. Don't <laughs> don't put any of this on me. I did not know we were going from three to one. So just so everyone knows, Toy Story is my number one. But I will now start from the bottom. So my number three. Why not just do two? I guess I can do two. But um, that that's Incredibles, and that's for an undisclosed reason. But it's still a good movie. Miss Incredible got the booty. <laughs> she got that Pixar <laughs> dump truck. Shucks. All right, and then um. So wait, are we talking about one or two? We'll uh, we'll do two. That was my two. So no, no, which Incredibles? Oh, one for sure. But they're both good. Same with Toy Story. I was, yeah. You know what? I'm still that kid. Like, I think it's just the fact that we grew up with these movies. We'll still go see them in theaters in our 20s. Oh, no shame. With no no shame shame at all. It's it's cool to like these movies again. Thank you, Disney Plus. Um, my number two is gonna be Soul. I actually watched that for the first time this weekend too. Oh wow, you're choosing the the newer ones. I like it. Yeah, because you know I haven't really had many opportunities to watch i guess i had 10 days but i was just kind of getting murked by little kids and cod and feeling bad about myself <laughs> but yeah dude soul is a really good one uh jamie fox really he's a great actor and you know what i like that that movie teaches you that life is important in other aspects yeah so Not you everything. like that one you like that one better than inside out i do yeah i think so i'd yeah. say uh i'd say soul definitely had like a deeper purpose to it I could see that. I could. I definitely would agree with that. If I'm gonna be a, inside out was cuter. Yeah. If I'm gonna be a snooty <laughs> guy. Um, yeah. What's your last one? What's your worst? What's your least favorite of your top three? Yeah. So still one of my favorites, but this was supposed to supposed to be my number three, and that was Up. All time great. Uh-huh. One of the saddest starts to a movie of all time, but it's just so cute, dude. I, I like. It. I like how it's still a meme, and that movie's like twelve years old. What 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 meme, dude? Okay, so you ever? I, I my first year on TikTok. So oh, like the song. Yeah, the song. Well, yeah, I even like, see like that Russell kid, like showing up everywhere now too. You know what? I I feel like I look a lot like him. I feel like I could definitely make that a Halloween costume, or I could be Carl, like the old guy. Yeah, you could. You're the dog. I'm, I think I'm you'd box make a shaped. Good, you you would be the dog. I think. Doug. I'd be the dog. Hey, you know what? He's he's the best too. But my number one. My number one is Cars because, <laughs> first of all, that is a redemption story and a half. You know what? Actually, no. Here, I'm going to do a tie. So my number one is going to be Cars and Ratatouille. Very good options. And here's why I like Ratatouille also. Because, one, I love food. As you can tell looking at me. I, am, I love food, dude. And We're you both know, food lovers here. Yeah. Everything in that, you know, like, you know what? I don't even care that, like, a rat is the one doing all that. If a rat can make me cook like that, like, sign me up. I love eating. All that just makes me look – I mean, I, I gained probably 10 pounds just watching that movie. But That's why I wear a hat all the time, dude. Every aspect. rat sitting under my hat and exactly. telling me what to do, telling me what to cook. Yeah, every, every aspect of that movie I enjoy. And then, um, Brennan, so that concludes that. Yeah. I also got a haircut. Great I, like I need to announce that. I like your cut, G. Yeah, we're both uh, freshly freshly cut dudes on this uh, podcast, at least within yeah. the last like week and a half. Exactly. Two I, that shark was, looking guys. That was actually the first thing I did on Friday in my isolation. I did. I was like, you know what? It's time. 
and my hair grows like super fast too. So I was like, you know what, this needs to happen. So I'm, I'm glad I was able to get in. And I even told the haircut stylist, I was like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of isolation. You know, I just thought I'd get a haircut. Why, why would you say that to a random person? She was loving it. Yeah, she, was, she was chill. She passed the vibe check. That's fair. That's fair. She did not mess yeah. up. She gives me exactly what I like. I go to great clubs every time, dude. And you know what? No complaints there. <laughs> I respect it. I respect you know it. what? When I can afford to go to like my personal stylist and pay like $200 for a haircut every time. 200 bucks. I, play, I pay like 40 something. You pay 40? Mm-hmm. God, glad I'm not from Chicago. Good Lord. Hey, you gotta, gotta keep going to the, the, the lady I've been seeing for like my whole life. You know what? I'd call that brand, show brand customer loyalty. loyalty. Yeah. Customer loyalty. You know what? That is a quality that we need to keep appreciating in life. All right. Exactly. We had a hell of a weekend for football. We sure did for sports in general. I mean, These McGregor were... lost on Saturday. That was pretty yeah. crazy too. Yeah. Dude, not even just lost KO'd. Like that's, yeah, dude. It was kind of sad to see. I think he like broke his leg though. So yeah, he didn't that, look uh, great. He he ca- caught a shot to his knee or something that did not look too good, and he was hobbling. And I definitely think uh, Poirier knew that. So pounced. I remember on speaking of leg injuries in UFC. I remember when Anderson Silva uh, broke his shin on a kick one time, and it was the nastiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like I could never do UFC, dude, because just that kind of stuff just does not sit well with me. It um it triggers my anxiety so bad. Bro, UFC, they got some crazy shit going on there. I would, characters. I would die in a second. I don't know. I feel like you could take on Jake Paul. Okay, maybe Jake Paul, yeah. I would just dance around him, you know, dodge every single one. Yeah, and honestly, bet your entire life savings against you and then just throw the fight. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. See, the odds are always going to be in your favor no matter what, Brandon. Exactly. We got this. We got this whole betting thing down. Exactly. Let's get to uh, let's get to game one though. So, the Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, Aaron Rodgers, this loss isn't entirely on you, but still, you are to blame for this because we don't like you. We do not like you at spicing things up. I think you're a fraud quarterback. You definitely deserve MVP this year, but you know what? No Super Bowl for you, buddy. That's my. That was such like a. Passive aggressive rant right there because you just kind of. Would you prefer it? I did it actively aggressive. No, I appreciated it, but no. Yeah. Going back to that Rogers, it was definitely not on him. He played very well. And um, it was Tom Brady threw three interceptions in that game. Tom Brady had a Jameis Winston on the Buccaneers looking stat line he, he did. had like barely above 50 percent completion he had yeah three touchdowns but also three interceptions so well can was, we blame uh, i'm not i'm not advocating for tom brady here you all know my stance but you know i was rooting for the bucks that game um but can we blame one of his interceptions on mike evans oh absolutely there was a lot of drops actually that the buccaneers wide receivers were letting letting some go that were not Brady's fault at all. He was putting it on the money there. I think uh, there were some instances that they probably could have, you know, prolonged some drives where they ended up not because of a lot of drops. So exactly, I think yeah. Brady actually looked pretty sharp for the most part. You would not have like guessed these two quarterbacks were, you know, upper, upper Tom Brady age. Is 43 years old. <laughs> exactly. He, and um, Aaron Rodgers is up there too. He's he's almost forty. He'll be forty within the next few years. So exactly. And so I I was listening to the herd yesterday. I'm gonna throw out. I love Colin Coward. I'm gonna throw him out a shout out, even though I know for a fact he's never gonna listen Ooh. to this. 
Okay, easy guy. Um, but so there was a very good analytic here that I agreed with. So Aaron Rodgers should have been the only quarterback to receive heat should he have lost yesterday or on Sunday. Yes, you say. Uh, because here, here's why. Let me get to it. So Tom Brady is 43 years old, and mm-hmm. he is a warm weather team playing at Lambeau Field during an NFC Championship. This is his first year in the NFC as well. Like he's not a warm weather QB. He's played in New England his whole life. Yeah, but you get one year like in Tampa Bay, like that's a pretty significant difference, especially when a lot of your teams are playing or like in the South. This is a nine-time Super Bowl quarterback we're talking about who has won six. You don't think he's – yeah, exactly. He's made 10 now, so there you go. But another stat too, Rodgers is 7-8 and eight in playoff games, and he's not blamed for a single one of those losses. He's, he's credited for all of those wins, for all seven of those, but not, he's not critiqued for any of those losses. So that's what I agree with Coward about. And I do think um, – because the Packers kind of had a lot of opportunities to win that game. Oh, yeah, they did. Like, the odds should have been in their favor 100%. Like, you know, Mike LaFleur, he's a great head coach. Matt LaFleur, yeah. Matt LaFleur, shoot. Yeah, sorry, dude. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm still uh, coming back to society. Matt, uh, yeah, Matt LaFleur, yeah, exactly. He, um, he is a great coach. You know, he's young. He definitely knows this offense. He's going to work with these players. He wants Rodgers to stay, too. I think Rodgers will end up coming back, honestly. I know there was I a think lot so of rumors, too. too. That's, that's his team. So, and then. Which it pains me to say, but yeah. Yeah, and I think the defense played pretty well too. Yeah, but I think the Buccaneers' defense was Buccaneers uh, much defense, better. Yeah, they looked unstoppable. No, I definitely think they won the game with their defense. I think Todd Bowles has done enough to earn some looks as you know a head coach somewhere, kind of like Fangio on the Bears. Um, but yeah, they have so many defensive guys on that team. Like yeah, Vita Vea, you know, Dominic and Sue, yeah. Devin White. All these guys that Carlton were just making Davis. plays after plays. Yeah, yeah, Carlton Davis got burned on that one touchdown by to Devontae Adams, but you can't really guard him anyway. So Devontae Adams is insane. And let's talk about um, Alan Zar too. Yeah, he was. He's a good number two. Uh, he's definitely one of those number two wide receivers that I think gets overlooked a lot. I think um, so. Because I mean, you you on paper you take a look at this. Packers offense and their playmakers and compare them to the Buccaneers uh-huh. playmakers. And it's not even, there's no comparison. No, you have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I mean, Scotty Miller, for God's sake, just caught like a 40 yard touchdown down the half. And then you have Gronk and Leonard Fournette. So it's like all these Brown. guys and Antonio Brown who didn't play today, the last weekend, but it's, it's still is like it's the thought that counts. It's the thought that counts. They're a stacked offense, but yeah, Alan Lazard is, one of those guys, and who's the other fat, super fast guy who caught like a thirty-yard touchdown? Valdez Scantling, something. Marquez Valdez Scantling, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's super fast as well. I mean, it's kind of like the Chiefs. I'll compare the two offenses. When you got a guy like Rodgers, when you got a guy like Patrick Mahomes, you're gonna have these offenses that it really doesn't matter who you plug in. It, they're going to produce and they're gonna look sweet. So yeah, and my only so. Not to completely disagree with you, because I do agree for the most part, but comparing yeah. those two offenses, I feel like the Chiefs are much uh, more able to like adapt to kind of dangerous situations. Like, oh, you know, absolutely, and they, I they work and so I well was, under pressure because they're, they're. I was really, going to mention that when we talk about the Chiefs for yeah. sure. So. so the thing with the Packers, though, they don't exactly take risks. They're a very conservative ran offense, 
especially in which you can't do in a play like when the stakes are that high and you're I down. I don't agree with that. You don't agree? I don't I don't think they run a conservative offense at all. It looked too um, conservative for Sunday's game at least. Rodgers like had a lot Well, then let's talk about like the, you're probably thinking about the end of the game when Matt LaFleur decided to kick the field goal when they were down by 8 and then kick it back, not even onside kick it back to the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that I agree with you on that point that that decision right there probably cost them the game because I mean you're still going to be down five points if you kick a field goal uh you still have to score a touchdown to win so I and mean, they stop were inside Brady from scoring another one yeah or stop Brady from just ending the game getting first downs yeah that's so it. I mean they were inside the 10 yard line and decide not to let their MVP quarterback try to make a play and score so I I after the game, Rodgers came out and said, you know, that wasn't his decision, which I'm sure it wasn't. But, I mean, it was also crazy, like, right before fourth down, that third down play, when Rodgers looked like he had that whole right side of the field completely open to run in for a touchdown, he decides to throw it to, like, a triple-covered Devontae Adams in the middle. Um, so, I mean, I just don't think they trusted Rodgers for some reason, which is kind of crazy. Uh, I don't know why you would, wouldn't. He's carried that team all season. Exactly. So, it was de- that was definitely the most questionable coaching decision I think of the entire weekend. Um, I possibly could, yeah. the biggest stake decision of the whole season, maybe I don't know. It was came on the most one of the most important drives you could argue for any team. So definitely, uh, definitely a younger coaching mistake I would say on Matt Lafleur's part. I'm just yeah. yeah. Because that's his, what, second NFC championship? Yeah, I mean, the Packers have what? Um, they've played they won in – one NFC championship. Yeah, during Rodgers' whole career, which they ended up going and winning the Super Bowl. But right. I think that they've been in four of the last seven NFC championships and have lost every single one. And yeah. I think they won – they lost another one right before – like a, a couple of years before they ended up winning it too. So, I mean – They've lost a lot. They've been there and they've lost. So they just, you know, some teams know. just can't get over that hump too. I don't know if it's yeah, I, any outside forces involved, but like, or if it's just an internal thing where, because I know that, you know, the NFC, like just conference championships in general, those are just big deals, you know, and a lot of those players, you get a lot of young guys on the team too. They really don't know what they're doing. Like, well, they just kind of fall apart sometimes just to the pressure alone. And, you know, you guys, like, league vets like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers going at this, you know, this is nothing to them. Yeah. And then, but like, you know, sometimes just a couple of those key players that you need to like kind of keep their head in the whole game for, they just, they just can't perform. They can't produce like the results that you need. And you know what? I do yeah. agree. I think that decision by Matt LaFleur cost him the game. Yeah. And I, I saw somewhere on uh, posted somewhere on social media, somebody went in and changed the Wikipedia, like, description oh my um, God, I saw of the too. NFC championship game to like in quotes, like annual championship game of the NFC where a team gets the Packers win against the Green Bay Packers. Packers. Dude, <laughs> I thought that was so funny. They are so, was, like, I went to check it like this morning and it was already changed, but it was funny in the moment. They're giving NFC. the wrong people access to that stuff, dude. Yeah, I agree. But that's, speaking that's... of social media, did you see um, during the game, uh, Dick Vitale posting on Twitter about him drinking like, having to drink Pepto-Bismol in order to get through the game because his stomach was hurting so bad. Yeah, and all I saw was just 
more memes on like Twitter of like people just drinking Pepto Bismol like, casually on a couch or something. I don't I don't understand. Maybe it was some type of like advertising stunt by Pepto Bismol, but are we it supposed was so... to understand these? Maybe I don't know, but it, I thought it was funny. I was at first I was like, huh, like Dickie V, that's funny. And then the second time he posts, you're like, oh, okay, well, this this guy, this old guy might have actually just seriously shit his pants. Yeah. And then he posts about it like three more times. And I'm just like, Jesus, dude, this yeah. guy shit himself. Yeah, 100%. But hey, 100%. And then he, adver- he posted it about it on Twitter. And everyone now, everyone knows he shit himself. So, hey, Pepto Bismol slaps, though. Don't get me wrong. It does. That's and a great chaser. That's one of the few people that I think can get away with that. And everyone just kind of like shrugs it off. Like, that was pretty funny. There are certain personalities that can get away with stuff like that. Like, say if they wanted to do an advertisement when uh, Lamar Jackson got his quote-unquote cramp, like stomach cramps. That would be um, a good advertising ploy by Pepto-Bismol right there. Yeah, honestly, they could they just hop keep, on that. They could run that clip of him, like, kind of, like, definitely looking like he's squatting his butt cheeks or, hold, or clenching them, like, running to the locker room, doing a little duck run. And, That'd uh, be so funny. Just, like, put, like, a graphic of, like, Pepto-Bismol, just kind of, like, slide it up to the middle or, like, make it fade in and be like, yeah, you guys should definitely drink this. You got stomach cramps during a pretty big Then he comes back game. out, wins the game. Yeah, I think, we're, just, I think we got we to gotta get this idea out there to Pepto-Bismol. They need to partner with Lamar Jackson to make that happen, I think. And instead of a football that he's running with, because he's definitely not going to pass it, he's just, like, holding Pepto-Bismol and runs it in for a touchdown. <laughs> That's good. That's good. See, all right, all people right. need to get us on their marketing teams, dude. We're <laughs> yeah, they do, they do. Okay, so, so. Hey, let's uh, let's get down to the good old steak and potatoes of this weekend that I'm sure uh, you want to talk about, and I'll let you rant first about it. But you know, how much shit was in your pants after the Bills went up nine early in that game against the Chiefs? This Zero, and I'll tell you exactly why. Because so, as many of you probably know, if you listen to last like last week's show, I was an emotional wreck during the Chiefs-Browns divisional game. And I made a vow, not to myself, but to God, to my family, to my friends and my roommates, that I will never, ever act like that again. I was acting a fool because I have put so much, like, heart and soul into this football team. And just, you know, you expect them to just play so well because, you know, they are definitely hyped by the media and stuff like that, you know, because the Chiefs are just – the Chiefs themselves, as an organization, say what you want about the fans, but the Chiefs themselves are such a lovable organization. They are young. They're fun. They take risks in those games. They, you know what? They do just a lot of – like Andy Reid has a lot of unorthodox play calling that works because of all the offensive weapons that he has. So, yeah, so when they were down 9 nothing in the first quarter, I was like, okay, you know what? This isn't so bad. One, I was around people that I definitely couldn't have, like, gone berserk <laughs> about. But yeah. – um, I also just remember that whenever the Chiefs should – like, or I need to remember this at least. Whenever the Chiefs start down, remember last year's divisional game against Houston. Oh, people forget Miracles. that the Chiefs play really well from behind almost every single time they are. So. Pause. Pause. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, but, yeah, I, I just need to start remembering that because, you know what, I definitely call them the procrastinating miracle team, the miracle on turf instead of ice. Do you get it? Yeah. yeah. I like it. Um, but yeah, so I, I just, I need to take a couple uh chill pills, maybe some, some perks or something to knock me out. To watch I agree. Games, I, yeah. I agree. Cause I think I told you that last week I was like, you little, you spoiled little brat. You yeah. just like, 
You know what? I'll give you props, though. You're my one friend who's not a Chiefs fan that isn't actively rooting against me. Because my <laughs> entire friend, like, friend group, I was like, I had to mute every group chat I was in because I was like the only actual Chiefs fan, like, from Kansas City. So, like, I was the only one with like an actual emotional stake. All the other ones were like, kind of like, um, I called them CNOs, Chiefs, or CFINOs, like Chiefs fans in name only. And uh, okay. they, we're just like throwing like Josh Allen gifts and like just bill stuff throughout like the, there's like an animated grip of like a guy jumping from a truck onto a table. Um, and then right into the third quarter, I get more texts. I finally was just like, all right, what are these assholes saying? And it's um, the first text I see is a lot of tables have been saved the sad face. And then everyone starts rooting for the cheese. And I was like, Oh, 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 what's going on here. And then, um, yeah. So like, honestly, just watching that game, I definitely kept my cool. Even though I probably – this is probably the one game where I should have been more excited than I was mm-hmm. because, you know, they're still going to the Super Bowl and it's going to be a consecutive one. So that's a pretty big deal as a Chiefs fan because, you know, before Patrick Mahomes started on that team, you never would have thought they were even going to go to a Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I was shocked to see they even beat the Colts in the wild card round uh, two years ago when Patrick Mahomes' first year starting because that was one of the first playoff games they'd actually won and God knows how long. Yeah. And you know what? I need to give some credit to my magic Travis Kelsey jersey because every time I wear that game, you know what? People call superstition. It's hereditary. All right. I'm not the only one that does this, but I have a Travis Kelsey jersey that I've had since 2017. And I wear that throughout the entire game and they win. Well, that the thing is the Chiefs have also won like 25 of their last 27 games. So that is also. Did you know, did you know that Patrick Mahomes is playing in his second Super Bowl before he even has 10 he has 10 losses on his career yeah and I actually saw um this was on social media too another cool stat he has not been down by a possession since he played Iowa State at Texas Tech back in like 2016 that that is not true because that I think you mean to say something else he's not been down by a possession yeah what I'm do you mean? Sure oh, like bad. lost by more than a possession? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lost by – yeah, okay, my bad. Yeah, okay, he hasn't yeah, lost by more that. than a possession. My bad. Gotcha, yeah. I was uh, going to say he was just down, down bad in the head two possessions last weekend. But, yeah. no, I know what you mean. But let me say this. I'm going to go into kind of like an analytical rant. Not rant, but just what I – And I will uh, concur with you game. most likely because you and I yeah. have pretty good takes. Because uh, I just want to say that the Chiefs coaching staff is the best in the league. They're incredible. Eric Bieniemy will no doubt get a head coaching job after this season mm-hmm. because um, big time hats off to their staff. Because, I mean, you could tell that Mahomes – I mean, you couldn't really tell, but just by their play calling that Mahomes was clearly still recovering from his injuries because they created a perfect game plan for him. He did not throw to the left as much as he usually does. You can mm-hmm. see that. Oh, he and, went in with turf toe still, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so, so they wanted to l- try to limit that hurt toe. Um, he only actually threw 20-plus yards a single time, which went incomplete, actually. So they oh, used their hill. playmakers. Yep, they, I think. They used their playmakers and created that usual you know, pre-snap nightmare that the opposing team just hates to see. Yeah. But it was kind of like watching – in Alex Smith Chiefs offense, it was efficient, but with that extra, you know, Mahomes magic to it because he still made those, you know, some of those crazy plays, those little dump down passes where he's like throwing around the defender, you know, casual Mahomes stuff. It was but, it was Hunt's catch up on the stake. That's what I will say. 
Exactly. And the only knock that I would have ever given or could ever give Mahomes is how far back he sometimes drops, which causes him, you know, to be put in bad situations because the D-line like- can just run sh- in a str- – they can just make a straight B-line backwards and get past the old lineman um, easily and catch him like that. But this game, he hardly dropped back at all. Uh, never more than 10 yards mm-hmm. and so which he he usually does he drops back pretty far a lot which you know a few weeks ago we saw that where he got sacked for like minus 30 yards but um this game he hardly dropped back at all and I think that created this incredibly efficient offensive look and um and I mean don't get me wrong Mahomes is not going to change up that play style when he's healthy we mm-hmm. all know he loves to drop back wind up and chuck it deep but it was dangerous to see another type of like offense implemented in this team and be entirely successful i was more shocked that it worked but another thing i was going to say here so i'll get to the bills in a sec uh but i love how much faith the chiefs have in their players and here's why mccall hardman is the perfect example he fumbles which like it it became like his fumble was a disaster that was the most that was the worst uh, thing that could have happened for sure that was the worst thing that could have happened and you know every bad situation like that was it right there he gets back in immediately. Tyreek Hill drops a pass back in immediately. They are given so many chances because of how appreciated yeah. and just how much faith their coaches have in them. That's true. And when Tyreek Hill dropped that pass and I, Travis Kelsey dropped that pass to first drive, I was like, Chiefs should bench them, dude. They should totally bench these guys. <laughs> that would never happen. Look at uh, you. I'm oh, just my kidding. Face. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, you totally was, thought I was serious. I, they were, they're never going to bench those guys. I mean, Nicole Hardman, that's a bad look. But, yeah, they went back to him like three plays in a row, I want to say. Made three good plays, caught a touchdown. Yeah. And he redeemed himself pretty quickly. The, the Chiefs, they people make mistakes. I think you, we were texting about this. You're like, mistakes can be made, plenty of game left. If that had happened and they were, like, down a score late in the game and that happens, that totally would have been – I would have actually been peeing my pants out of anger. Like I yeah, wouldn't have even tried to find a toilet, man. I would have just sat there and just angrily got it out. Yeah, exactly. And I think a, a lot of credit also needs to be given to the chiefs defense because they showed out. And I think it was arguably one of their best games of the season. Cause they are bottom tier in the league when it comes to red zone defense and they held Buffalo to field goals on multiple occasions. So I think Buffalo scored two touchdowns max. Yeah, so that brings me to my next point. Like, I think Buffalo honestly killed themselves this game. Sean McDermott, Sean McDermott played his team way too passively against the best team in the league. Yeah. And they chose the wrong game to finally try and get that run game involved because they called – I noticed they were calling a lot of early runs, like first down runs, which they never do. They're like the least like run-heavy team when it comes to first down in the league. So I thought it was uh, it was an interesting timing to try and, you know, stray away from what has worked all season for you guys. Yeah, you know what? I've been actually seeing this in the media too. A lot of people were like questioning, was Josh Allen just overhyped by the media and like just the – like were Bills fans just given too much credit for this year? But no, I disagree with that. They were given like – they should have gotten more credit. Josh Allen is an amazing quarterback. Don't get me wrong. He is not a bad quarterback. He's a great rusher. Um, like, he's, he's good at scrambling. He had a couple really good ones that I saw, too. He's able to get the deep ball in. Like I said, he's fast. He makes good decisions for the most part. But every now and then, like, Stephon Diggs is his only um, 
like receiver that's worth something right now, you know, because you got Cole Beasley too, but he's been out with leg injuries and he, like, he played that game with a broken leg. Yeah, it's crazy. So, and I'm just saying like, and you know what, he's, he doesn't even compare to Spondex. <clears throat> Don't get me wrong. But I mean, when that offense is that easy to shut down because you have those two players pretty much that you just need to keep an eye on and just adapt to, that's kind of where it goes wrong. And you know what? They, like the Bills just should have, like, yeah, you're right. They should have definitely gotten into this game with more of the mindset. Like, okay, we're playing the best team in the league. This is the AFC championship. This is our first AFC championship since, uh, what, 1995? Yeah. So, yeah, that, that mindset needed to change immediately. And they just, they didn't adapt to anything the Chiefs were doing. Because the Chiefs were doing, it looked like a completely different play style. Yeah, it was really, it was honestly insane how and, well they, they adapted to Mahomes, his injury. Because he barely, he literally just came in there and was throwing to, throwing underneath to his guys like 10, 15 yards and just letting those guys run all day, which is all they really needed to do. Exactly. And you know what? I will say this. Mahomes is a fantastic – he's the best – he's the new face of the league. But do not ever put him on your fantasy team. (laughs) Why is that? Because he's not going to – like, so, for instance, you know, he didn't – like, there were a lot of aspects of the season that kind of blew away his chance of getting MVP. Like, Mm -hmm. for instance, that Miami game. Three interceptions. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then, you know, like sitting out against like um, LA, like in week 17, like that was expected. But yeah, I'm just saying like, there's a lot like stats wise, he's really good, but he makes a lot of decisions where he wants to incorporate his team into these decisions because he, because what he needs, you know, this isn't a one man show and he's not going to make it that way because he's probably one of the most selfless QBs I've ever seen play. As far as like, you know, he's making sure that his teammates are the ones that are like going to be contributing which I like to see also. But you know what? I also think Buffalo's line failed them. Like, failed Josh Allen completely. It, it's, it's tough because, like you said, like Stephon Diggs is definitely their best receiving option, but by no means do I think like the rest of their receivers are bad. I actually – I would almost argue like the – I didn't know that Cole Beasley was play, playing on a broken leg until after the game, which I, because I don't think – I think that was undisclosed. But he – him, Stephon Diggs – uh, John Brown and I think Gabe Gabriel Davis rookie they're all they have all been incredible this year actually which is a testament to Josh Allen as well but that's one of like the four best wide receiver I think combos you could have in the league like that's a pretty deep um, group that you have right there and I mean you can look at you know the Chiefs guys and Miko um, Hardman Tyree Kill Sammy Watkins maybe when he's not injured which he always is but then you have Travis Kelsey though which like kind of changes everything if the if the Bills had a solid tight end if they had a good running back they would be a whole different team dude they'd be a whole different animal and if the Chiefs also didn't have Frank Clark and Chris Jones to deal with um... oh Chris Jones was he was great that game Frank Clark he's been a little bit quiet this year but Chris Jones has been insane this this season so I am that'll be a difference maker on uh, on Super Bowl the, in the Super Bowl, yeah, yeah, and honestly, as long as and you know what, I think having Edwards Alaire back too definitely helped. Like there was a lot of aspects. I oh, was he back last week? Yeah, he was. Did he play that much? I noticed that Daryl Williams was taking a lot of carries. So he, yeah, because I think because his ankle, I know his ankle's been kind of messed up like for the last like month or so ever since the <laughs> New Orleans game. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah, he'll be he'll be back ready to go for the Super Bowl. I'm fully confident, and um, I do think that. The Chiefs don't have 
much to worry about going into Tampa. Um, we'll get we'll get to that. Yeah, we will. But, but uh, okay. But anyway, uh, go Chiefs. I'm very happy the way this game turned out. I was super nervous uh, going into it just because I really did not think that the Chiefs were going to be able to pull this one off just with how they've been playing. And you know the fact that the, the Bills, pessi- the the pessimistic fan approach. She- yeah, I know. I, I just I try to set low expectations so that I can't be disappointed, but I never set low expectations in reality. Um, anyway, so yeah, and I do think that this needs to be brought up too. The Bills went 11 and one in their season after they lost the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. So that's what also what was scaring me. No, it, they're this is it's like what I said last week, dude. The Bills are a good a good team, a really good team, and I just they're just not quite there yet. I think this experience for Josh Allen in the playoffs is just what they needed. They have a few missing pieces to kind of fill in on their offense, but I think their defense is good. I think they stepped up in the second half of the year, um, but I think this Bills Chief matchup will be one to look forward to almost every single year. I think it's going to be these two guys at the top. For I can see this turning into a new rivalry, years. and that just depends Definitely. if the Chiefs keep playing the AFC East too. Because um, I know that conferences or divisions kind of switch up, like who they play every year and stuff like that too. But you know what? It's always going to be a fun I game. I meant more like in the playoffs. Yeah, in the playoffs. And you know what? I do think that the Bills are going to be a lot better of a team next year than they are currently. All they need they're to a young is, team. They're younger than the Chiefs are yeah. by quite a bit. So yeah, they're a Other young than the team. Homes. They got – so much room to work with. I do think that they're going to be back next year. Um, you know what? They just need to keep their heads up. And I yeah, really dude, did you did you see at the end of the game? It was so sad. Stephon, Stephon Diggs, Diggs uh, just watching the ceremony. Yeah, it was that was so sad. But I was like, that's motivation right there. That's that's how you. Uh, that's the right mindset to have. Like, yo, this is what this is what we could uh, have next year. So exactly, it was sad you know though. Yeah, I, it was a power shot for sure. Yeah. I would have loved to be in the media taking that video or that picture of him just standing there. Oh, dude, you know that's – The lone wagon. Uh, you know that's a banger right there. Absolutely. All right. All right so, should we, get to, uh, should we get to the main event? Super Bowl 55 talk? Holy oh. shit, dude. It's, it's almost super time all, or Super Bowl time already. It's it almost super time. time. Oh, quick question, though. Do you think they're going to postpone the Puppy Bowl this year because of COVID? Uh, honestly, probably, yeah, probably will, but I will be so sad because Can dogs even get COVID? Parts. They should just wear masks and they'll be fine. They don't really, that would be so cute. They should wear like the, um, the cones around their head, even though that doesn't really, uh, you know, they wouldn't be able to catch any passes. Covers. Exactly. I feel like that would definitely, yeah, they could have picked up the ball. Be... That'd be so funny. That'd be so cute. But Hey, how many times have we had to listen to blinding lights by the weekend to get to this moment of time? Um, well, so I have already heard that song. Like, well, I say like last winter, it was when I really started like listening to it a lot. Cause you know, I was like, yeah, you know what? This is like modern eighties. This is pretty cool. And then hearing <laughs> it all cool. throughout the NFL season. And then there's levitating by Dua Lipa. And then there's, um, like whatever new to baby songs out. And then you got Cardi B like, dude, like I'm, you know, if we're going into radio, we got to get used to just hearing the same thing over and over. Like, I know it's tough. I radio music, dude. I, I can't. It pains me. Pains I just, me to listen to it. But actually, I like the, I like the weekend. I think the weekend song is it's starting to definitely take its toll because of how much I've heard it. But does it I just wear like you it. down as a man? Like, are you just? Dude, it does. You but know what? I I still think his Super Bowl halftime show will be honestly sick. We need to bring this up too. By the way, 
is plastic surgery, quote unquote, is prosthetic. Oh. It's fake. It's fake. Good, thank God. I promise thank you, God. it's fake. That so that and then the uh, Kim and Kanye thing, and then the whole like thing with Jeffrey Star, like that was a rough start to this year. And then finding <laughs> out it's all a lie, I'm like, oh, thank God! Like just a wave of relief is like flown upon my face, pause. But um, <laughs> I'm just so happy that the weekend's like, because I'm like, why would you ever do that to your face, dude? Like I was praying it was for an album cover. Maybe it's for the Super Bowl. Maybe he's just gonna do that and be like, maybe oh, yeah, it's a little like, yeah, some little um, extra bit like skit thing that he's saving. I, I want to. It'll be it interesting. Off. I'm interested. Monday the 8th, I want that gung off his face immediately. <laughs> Why? So, because you think he's cute? No, I just don't oh, think that was a any answer, person dude. should look like that. That was a pretty quick answer, man. Well, I'm not sus. It's not, not sus. You don't have to, you don't have to. He's a good looking guy. I'll give him that. I'm yeah, a good looking guy. Go. We're all good looking guys. All right, let's get, to the, let's get to the, the super <laughs> time. Please. All right, I have one question for you. Yeah. How does it feel to be a fan of a team? that people are already probably so tired of. I, I don't think people are tired of them yet. You don't think so? I don't think so. Because the Chiefs really have not been relevant until Patrick Mahomes became their quarterback. Yeah, I mean, that's, and that that's was, true. This is his third year starting. Yeah. So I, I don't think people are tired of it yet. I think people want him to win because, first of all, Winning this many – so, he wins the Super Bowl. So, that'll be two consecutive this young into his career. The only other person to do that was Tom Brady. So, that's what I, that's what I was going to ask you because that's the reason why you hate Tom Brady. So, you're basically going to turn into the one thing you swore to protect. <laughs> <laughs> you became the very thing you were swore to destroy. Yeah. Um, For democracy. Yeah, exactly. So, here's, here's my take on this. So, I do think – that uh, I'm going to go into some conspiracy level stuff here. Not don't go too deep because I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't know if I want to. We won't end this show then for like three hours. Oh, do you think we're going to get killed? No, no, I'm just kidding. I was just saying, keep okay. it keep it brief ish. Okay, I got you. So my dad and I were on the on the horn last night for a bit, and uh, we were talking about how probably um, Tampa Bay Stadium is probably going to be like filming their like Chiefs practices and stuff like that because you know. Uh, the fact that Tom Brady broke his cell phone during Deflate Gate is pretty like he broke his cell phone and threw it away. That's pretty. Yo, that's a quick side note that we did not mention is that Tampa Bay is hosting the first ever Super Bowl. Like the the home team is. Yeah, which is why I think there's going to be some Spygate stuff going on here. Hey, this isn't uh, Bill Belichick, so I don't. Well, think I, I don't think Belichick was the one doing it. I think it was Brady, dude. Like, because who else breaks their cell phone <laughs> and throws it in the trash after being investigated for Deflate Gate? Honestly. Uh, here, I'll say this. Is that likely to happen? I'd give that like a 0. 0.0 times 10, 1% of that happening. But if it if the Chiefs lose this game, you'll know what I'm going to blame it on. Jesus, dude. But okay, Unreal. I'll say this though. I'm very confident that the Chiefs can definitely hang around for a bit. I think it's just going to be a good game to watch. Because yeah. I'm also not worried because the Chiefs obviously can perform under the pressure of a Super Bowl and succeed. And they've already beat tom brady in tampa this year yep I, so a lot of people are gonna like they're gonna make the argument like oh they're due to lose they're due to lose like they're going to have to deal with this at some point and i think this is kind of like the housing bubble of 2008 right it's just going to keep getting bigger because eventually yes they are going to lose they are not going to be this team forever and i just don't think it's going to be in super bowl 55 when that happens though i do think the cheat like especially 
so Legarius Sneed and Eric Fisher are the only two Chiefs players that could potentially um, be key players. They're out. That's really? all I know. Sneed is out? Yes, the, he's in concussion wow. protocol. Dude, yeah, that was a I did not bad, know that. Well, that that's, well that's, that's, a, that's a good thing that you have two weeks to get through that concussion protocol. He I think Eric Fisher's. Eric I Fisher's think done. Eric Fisher's done. He think he tore his Achilles. Yeah, and that, honestly, that was, that was sad to see. I think he's a pretty good. Like, so while we're on the subject of him, I think he's a pretty good lineman. Uh, he was a first round pick, but that's also because there was not very many good receivers and quarterbacks in that class. And the fact that they had to draft an offensive lineman first, you know what? That's not the end of the world. But I do think that some linemen are overhyped in the NFL, and I think he's probably one of them. And that hurt to say, but I do think that. You know, he's he hasn't had like a bad career by any chance. He's just I think he's just injury prone at this point, but he's also getting older, so that's that's something to keep in mind as well. Yeah. No, I think I think Eric Fisher is definitely one of the better uh he's a tackle, right? Definitely one of the better tackles in the league. I agree. You know what? I think we need like a lineman appreciation week for the NFL. I agree. They, they don't get it goes right. overlooked a lot. But um all right, so yeah, here's what I'll say on the matter, because this Bucks team is hot right now. Um, they've won seven straight, and they're actually the first team in NFL playoff history to score 30 points in three straight road games. So, like I said earlier, the Chiefs have won, like, 25 of their last 27 games, which is yep. appalling. Um, but I think these two offense-defense matchups will be insane to watch. Um, the Chiefs have been a blitz-heavy team for most of the season and they're going up of against a very good offensive line. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a, it'll be a true Testament to how good they are, but I do love the Tom Brady story. Um, I think the chiefs are still the best team in the NFL currently. And I think they'll probably win this game. Um, I'll probably, we, we're going to save the line talk and over under talk until for next week. week when it's, Cause there are lines out, but I think it'd be more accurate if we waited a week. Plus like, yeah, it gives us definitely. something to talk about. Yeah, exactly. So we'll we'll figure something out. But I definitely think I will probably cook up some player prop bets to look at before this game. I would definitely. Um, we need to talk about like every bet that the Super Bowl is going to have. Like, the, yeah, like how long so, is the national anthem going to be? How long is the yeah. like what's going to happen to the halftime show? Yeah, so we'll we'll get to that too. But um, I'll say this as far as like another analyst perspective, I do think Tampa Bay is going to be running the ball a lot. Possibly. I mean, Leonard Fournette has been good. Um, I don't know if they're going to have back. I don't know if Ronald Jones played in the last game, but those two guys have been pretty good during this season. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, the Chiefs run defense, it, it, it hasn't been terrible. And I wouldn't Tom say it's Brady, top five. No, I w- would definitely not say that. But it, I would say it's you know, top 15 in the league, which is you know, good enough. And the way they've been playing lately, you know, getting pressure on the quarterback – um, it has really – it depends on the matchup for sure because Josh Allen is one of those matchups where I think it, it worked out well because they don't have a run game. So they don't have to worry about, you know, stopping the run really and they could just blitz him kind of every single time. Right. Where, you know, Tom Brady, they kind of have a little bit more of a system there, trust system with their running backs. You know, Brady, he gets the ball out way quicker than Josh Allen. Josh Allen holds the ball one of the longest in the league. Yeah. Um, but they both have good uh, offensive lines. I would definitely say, you know, Tampa is more superior when it comes to um, lineman skill. Oh, how did you not? 
I don't know. I, I, would I hate to see the Bucks win? No, sorry. But would I hate to see the Chiefs win? No, absolutely not. Would I hate to see the weekend perform at halftime? Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I want to see him. You said, it's, yeah, it, first. You fraud. I'm going to call you out on that, but. Which one? You said, uh, yeah, first, and you said the weekend. I caught that. I meant more, no, I wouldn't. But okay. I crave it. I'm always in for the Super Bowl for the entire experience, commercials, you know, food, the wings, halftime show. It always goes Beer. down best when the game is a banger, too. So I agree. You know, and watching the 49ers Chiefs last year, I would definitely say that was one of the bangers because, you know, that was the first Chiefs Super Bowl. And it was a banger for you. They destroyed the 49ers. Yeah, it was fun for me. And we'll, we'll get to that Super Bowl in a second here, too. But, um, yeah, and as far as the passing game goes with Tom Brady, when the Chiefs have secondaries like Tyron Matthew, like um, Daniel Sorensen, Traverius Ward – I do think that the Chiefs secondaries do pose a threat to Tom Brady's passing offense as well. Yeah, I would definitely I, I, say those guys are all – I wouldn't say they're, like, completely all-stars, all three of those guys, but I would definitely say, like, you know what, those guys need to be worried about if you're going to pass the ball in, in a Super Bowl. Yeah, I think uh, – I do think Sorensen has been pretty good. Tyron Matthew has been awesome. I um, which is, it, Bruce Arians is the reason that he is what he is today, so – I agree. There's this former coach, but I mean, they already played against each other this season, but I think, I do think it'll be a good game. You know, it's, it's a good, it's a very good story. Um, Does part of you think, you know, I guess Brady has another year left on his contract in Tampa, but like, what if he wins the Super Bowl? Do you think he would want to, you know, take that Peyton Manning high road and just retire if he won? No. You don't think so? You think you? I don't back? think so. I think he's gonna like fill out his contract. I think next year is gonna be his last year, regardless, because he'll be close to four, he'll be pushing forty-five at that point. He'll be older than Brett Favre at that point too. Yeah, because I mean he's still slinging it, and I mean, like a test testament to his lineman, he's barely gotten hit at all this year compared to a lot of other QBs. So exactly. I think his health is actually still in great shape. Honestly, he could probably play till he was like fifty. <laughs> kind of seems like it, but I do think. Uh, I think he'll come back next year too. I was just bringing up that, but I would hate to see him go out like Drew Brees, like say next year, worst worst turn. Yeah. And you know, Brady also being kind of higher up there in age, if he lost that game, I don't think he would have retired still, but that definitely would not have looked good for him. Like Brees was just sad because I mean, we knew, we all knew this was going to be his last year regardless. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Brady, at least, you know, he has a year left on his contract. Even if he does win the Super Bowl, I still think he's going to like play another year. Yeah, I could see it. It would just but, hard. It would be hard for me if I was a sweet all-time quarterback to not end it on a Super on a, Bowl. On a you Super know Bowl. what I'm saying? Oh, I agree. And you know what? Like being in the league for um, 22 years, I would want to probably cut it out after like my last Super Bowl, like your 10th Super Bowl appearance, and if you win seven of them. Yeah, like that's pretty. That's pretty big. He's so, already on the Hall of Fame track. Oh, absolutely. Sure. So let me pose this question to you: If you were a Chiefs player and you had the option of going and making, you know, insane amounts of money somewhere else, or be a part of this potential dynasty with Mahomes, you know, what do you do? But try to be un, unbiased as possible. Yeah, I got you. I would actually stay with the team, and here's why. I also heard another pretty good analytic point um, over the weekend. The Chiefs play like an NBA team. As far as talent and dynasty goes, these guys, 
like, I mean, okay. So kind of going back to like them being risk takers and stuff like that. And, you know, just making big plays work, you know, making stuff out of nothing. And you're looking at kind of just these ridiculous plays. They play really loose. You know, they throw, they literally leave it all out in the field whenever they play. I definitely think this, this chiefs team, I think a dynasty has started with last year's win and going to oh, yeah. the AFC Absolutely. championship before that dynasty. It is set in stone. Do I know how long it'll last? Not really. I do think that – I mean, I'll say this too. Kareem Hunt, if he stayed with the Chiefs, they'd probably be going for the third super, like third consecutive Super Bowl right now. Like for next year? No, for this year. If Kareem Hunt stayed on the team back in 2018, they probably would have – He was on the team then. Okay, they cut him in 2018. Yeah, so – But if he was on the team for that whole season going into 2019, um, Chiefs would be going for the third Super Bowl currently. Because I think that would have made a difference in the AFC Championship against Tom, like against the Patriots. Because they cut them uh, in the middle of the season. But had they not cut Oh, did I mean, they really? I, yeah. And I agree oh, okay. for reasons. So he now, wasn't he, on a team at all last year? No, he was on the Browns. This year was the first year he was on the Browns, I thought. No, he was on last year. He was suspended for most of the games uh, for a few games. Oh, really? Yeah. So, that, okay. That but that's just – that's my opinion. You know, people can disagree with me or agree with me. I don't really care. But – I do think that this like this Chiefs team is a dynasty, and I will you can bury me with that on my headstone. No, I think the only way this team ever crumbles and doesn't become a dynasty is if you know those players decide they'd rather make money and all leave, and the coaching staff all gets hired by someone else, which is very possible because you know if your team is mild like highly successful, people are going to start like looking at some of the other coaches that are a part of the system, you know, yeah. get that winning mentality somewhere else. I, I do think Andy Reid and Mahomes could honestly make almost any situation work. So I, I would definitely agree, though. I would probably love to stay with Mahomes and keep winning. Absolutely. I would too. And here's but, the thing also. Um, even after Andy Reid retires, because that's inevitably going to happen while Mahomes is probably still under contract with the Chiefs. Yeah. And you know what? A lot of those players, like as far as like going to make more money like and leaving – I feel like they would want to stay because they're also the reason that this team has been so good. And wouldn't you want to yeah. keep going for more and more super, like get as many Super Bowl rings as possible? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, a lot of people definitely, especially if they were on like a kind of team that uh, we'll say for the, the Packers, for instance, if you were on the Packers, you were given opportunity to make more money somewhere else. And you're just kind of stuck in this limbo of just getting the NFC championship and not exactly winning. I would probably take the money over that. But yeah. having a way higher chance of getting to the Super Bowl and actually winning it, I would want to stay with that team. Yeah, I think if you, have the chance, if you have the chance at all to play with like a well-run you know, team organization that has a franchise quarterback already in place. The new face he, of the NFL, we'll call it. Yeah, well, yeah. And I think you definitely have to probably choose that situation. Because, you know, winning, to me – is way more like fun than compared to, you know, I'm, I'm sure having the uh, loads of money, like a lot of these guys is fun too. But if yeah. you're just like on the jets, like Jamal Adams, he, he, he left the jets to go to the Seahawks. I don't know. I don't know. Le'Veon Bell left the jets to go to the chiefs, you know, like exactly. Was, uh, so I don't know the money. I think Le'Veon Bell took a pay cut to do that. So I'm sure. Uh, so he's I'm the sure perfect example of, of this. Exactly. And you know what? I definitely – I don't think those Chiefs players, like anybody that's starting for that team, I don't think they're going to be missing very much on paychecks anytime soon. No, ex I mean, I when think your that, team is super successful, I think that 
there's definitely got to be some extra like incentives and contracts. Like if you win playoff games, a Super Bowl, like you get a bonus. I would be yeah. surprised if it wasn't, if there yeah, wasn't. You so. get bonuses. And then like think about how many people that really aren't even completely Chiefs fans that are just Patrick Mahomes fans just because he's such a likable guy. Yeah, like watching like or tuning in because they're getting so much more ratings having him. Well, Patrick player. Mahomes is like the opposite example because he actually is like a billionaire and is the is like a on in commercials and shit. So well, yeah, no, he is that. actually making so much money. But like the other players who would be plugging in around him because honestly, like I don't know how much cap space you know the Chiefs got. I'm sure you get you know, extra money if you're in a Super Bowl, if you, you even win if you're Bowl. making an appearance. Yeah. So that's still I, the franchise. Yeah, exactly. So at the same time though, when you're paying a quarterback, you know, half a billion dollars, that's going to leave some holes in your team where you're not going to be able to pay some of these guys. So it really does come down to, you know, if Tyree kill wants to take a half of his paycheck cut to stay with the team or same with Travis Kelsey, if these guys want to, you know, stay and keep playing with them which you want to say they will because of how, you know, big of a face that they've had over the past few seasons with this winning team. But yeah. it, it'll be interesting to see. I don't really – I don't know specifically when those guys' contracts are up, but it was just a question a that I always was – I would always think about, you know, when it comes to NFL players and what they think. Okay, so – but this – like, so – Going into this week, so we'll do this again next week. But uh, what's your Super Bowl prediction right now? We don't, we're not going to talk about the Lions, but like, what's your prediction? Like, who's going to win? How much? And how much by? Uh, I think the Chiefs will win, but I think it'll be within single digits. Okay, I was going to say Chiefs within ten. Yeah. So same okay. type of thing. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. All right, let's uh, let's move on. So, uh, so also some recent news that we learned of today. Uh, kind of keeping a locale now. Uh, Nebraska football, the old Cornhuskers have had some uh, some some queries with uh, some players today. So we got uh, Luke McCaffrey, uh, Cade Warner, and Will Farniak all entering the uh, transfer portal today. Yep. What are your takes on this? So it is definitely disappointing as a Nebraska fan because you know. This Luke McCaffrey guy, I don't know if anyone else out there has heard of uh, Christian McCaffrey, but pretty good, pretty good NFL player. Um, Yep, it was so cool to see the name McCaffrey in the Nebraska jersey, and he was, you know, he was called uh, by Scott Frost the future of our team, and like a season later, he is now entering the transfer portal. So, and here's kind of my. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying um, a little stat that I read somewhere is since 2017 uh, with Scott Frost as the coach, they have had one of the worst winning percentages in Nebraska Nebraska football history. Yeah. So, and also this is the fourth quarterback to transfer since 2018 in Nebraska. And here's my rationale for McCaffrey leaving at least. If should he have started in 20, uh, 2019, I think he'd still be on the team right now if he started over Martinez. But since that didn't happen, and during the twenty twenty season, he didn't exactly succeed as a quarterback. And I don't know if it's just the offensive system not working for him or what. But because you know he looked pretty like jumpy on a lot of plays and looked like he was just kind of going into panic mode. You can blame that on the lineman. You can blame that on whoever. But I don't think 
at least in his time in Nebraska, him not starting in 2019, he should have been – I think they wanted to move him to, like, a receiver or a running back, and he just didn't want to do that. Yeah, so, so that's very fair. This decision to leave, but – yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just saying that's probably the biggest reason behind it. If they told him that, like, hey, we think you'd be better here, and he's like, no, I'm a quarterback. I'm going to stay a quarterback. I'll go somewhere else if I have to. And I think that's, yeah. just, that's somewhere else if I have to is just kind of the decision that got made. Definitely. And I think, I think Frost is uh, – I think it's safe to say that, you know, his future kind of, like, lies in the success of Adrian Martinez, and it kind of always has. So I think this upcoming season, if Martinez can't make, you know, that – that leap into elite college quarterback, you know, that level, I think Scott Frost is definitely on the hot seat. I agree. I and the, the right now, be considered. right now the future looks bleak, but let it not be the darkest day in mankind because, um, you know, us losing Wandale also is a pretty big hit, but yeah. you know what? And Kate, okay. So we'll talk about Kate Warner and Will Farnack now too. So, um, not really too upset about those. I mean, they didn't they didn't play too much. So they didn't play too much. And Warner was a that, team captain, but he, he he's just he's like a senior now, isn't he? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So that doesn't that didn't make too much sense in my head. He was recruited by Mike Riley. I'm pretty sure. I don't even think he was recruited by Scott yeah, Frost. Yeah, that too. And a lot of Mike Riley's guys, they all left with him, even though he didn't he didn't <clears> even plan <throat> on going back to Oregon State right away. Because I know he was trying to get a head coach job at a starting startup team down in San Antonio, which didn't really happen even. So I kind of sucked oh, yeah. for that. But that's what happens when you don't put faith in the new guy. Um, but, yeah, and I saw a lot of people saying that losing Cade Warner was going to be one of the biggest blows to Husker receiving. I'm like, you know what? No. How much playing time – or how many how many catches and, like, how many reps is he been getting in games, too? Like, no, I mean, it's not the biggest, the biggest blows are Wandale Robinson and Luke McCaffrey. I mean, those are – I would agree with those two. Arguably best playmakers that we have on our offense, at least from last season. So, it's uh, definitely – says some things about Scott Frost, I think for me. And I think so too, but I'm still, I'm not going to be like, like I said, I've never been a delusional Husker fan and I never plan to be, I want to be rational and thinking and saying this, that I do think there's hope for this team. I will never say give up hope because I'm I'm never going to jump ship and just say, this team's, this team's lost. I'm not going to do that. I will say that there do need to be a lot of decisions to be made here about, going into the future, like, first of all, Nebraska needs to be able to retain recruits. Yeah. And, you know, keep guys from transferring. Like, I'm not going to say to cater to those guys, but do what you can um, to, like, keep them – like, not saying, like, keep them happy, but, like, you know, give them playing time. If they have talent, use it. Yeah, I mean, these are all easy things to say. And, you know, recruits-wise – if you're not able to retain these top recruits that, you know, you've been bringing in from these past few seasons, then I don't know if we've really been able to retain any of them, honestly. It seems like we've lost a lot of the top recruits that we've gone after. I think Omar um, Manning was our best recruit in the last couple – like, in the last, uh, in the last year. But, he, like, you know, he's got talent. He can burn Tim, like Cam Taylor bread, but the guy just needs to learn the playbook, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think he's I agree. too. It'll be uh, interesting to see what this team does next season. We will be officially graduated. We'll be alums at that point. So it'll be uh, we'll still looking at 
right? No, yeah, it'll it'll we'll just be looking at it from a different perspective then. But it'll be gone, but not forgotten. We'll always be uh, Nebraska fans at heart. You know, you, I wish there was uh, ways you knew you were in the good times before you left them, right? Exactly. All right, Brennan, let's go to a positive note here. Let's switch topics. So Super Bowl's coming up in less than two weeks. Yeah. And I thought, you know what, you you thought, I'll say this, I'll give you credit for this. You thought it'd be a fun idea to go through our favorite Super Bowl moments of all time. So let's yes, go ahead I and do it. Would. Uh, what all was right. your first one? So I'm going to approach it as a fan with my first pick, but I'm going to choose the Devin Hester opening kickoff return in uh, 2007 against the Colts for the Chicago Bears. Uh, regardless of the final score, that was one of the craziest Bears moments I think I've ever witnessed, and it was, it was awesome. And to those listening, uh, regardless of final score means my team lost, but it was still fun to watch. Yep. It, <sighs> it, was, uh, it was actually not too fun to watch much after that, but I'm sorry. it's okay. I did not mean to kick dirt in your eyes. Um, all right. My first one's going to be uh, Steve McNair for the uh, Tennessee Titans back in 2000, being a yard short from winning the game against the Rams, and they ended up losing by five. That, uh, that photo is I'm one sorry, of the toughest eight. one. Yeah, that photo is a tough one to see because it's so close, so close. Exactly. He's yeah. reaching out for the end zone. And you, you hate to see stuff like that too, especially, you know, if you were a Titans fan, how many people do you think like just smash their TVs right after that happened? I would guess a couple for sure. Yeah. All right. Which next one? Uh, next one is from another very early 2000s Super Bowl, Cowboys Broncos Super Bowl, actually. The Creed halftime show, where the band Creed was, you know, flying around the field like trapeze artists while singing. And uh, I don't know. I, I definitely don't remember, but, you know, seeing flashbacks, watching it back, it was one of the most absolutely electric shows I've ever seen. Dude, I've never seen a bad halftime show. Yeah, it's They're there's always, been a, a few questionable ones for sure. Questionable, but, but not bad. Not terrible. They're not blatantly, like not objectively bad. Yeah, no, that, I would agree. All right, my next one is the uh, the wide right field goal from the uh, Buffalo Bills in 1991 that cost them a game against the Giants. They lost by a point. That one was tough, but to be fair, that was like a, that was a fairly long field goal. It wasn't like a gimme. But it was tough. It was a 47-yard kick. 47, yeah. Yeah, Scott Norwood, I hope you're doing okay. Um, I'm sure you're still not thinking about this moment. but uh, I'm just sure remember. you sleep well every single night. I'm sure you sleep well, and I'm sure the city of Buffalo is just ecstatic by your existence still. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, think at this, I think at this point, Buffalo fans can, you know, they can get past it now. Exactly. Um, all right, what's your next one? All right, the next one I have is a specific play. And it was in 2018, known as the Philly Special, run by Nick Foles in the Eagles offense, where Nick Foles actually caught a touchdown off, you know, some insane motion play. Um, and it ended up, you know, making a difference in the game, too, which was awesome. Yeah, you know, even like small, like stuff that seems small at the time, like actually does have a really big impact. And that's something that everybody watching a Super Bowl needs to remember. Like nothing, I'd, I'd never, we'll say it's over until it's over. Exactly. And it was just a crazy play. Whenever a quarterback catches the ball, it's awesome. Right. And uh, so a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you always, you love to see that as a fan too. You really do. Absolutely. All right. So kind of going back to the halftime performances, 
the 2020 JLo and Shakira halftime show, I think was one of the best performances I've ever seen. You watched that one in the bathroom? Uh, no, no, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I ain't like that. But I will say, uh, hips don't lie. I used to, so back when I did YMCA basketball in high school because I was that asshole. Um, we used to warm up to hips don't lie. Like we brought like this like probably like $110 speaker that was like up to my waist. We'd roll it out on the court and literally blast out on repeat while we were warming up. And, and then you just, guys would get beat by 20. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I mean, we didn't exactly take it seriously. <laughs> we were doing half court shots like every game and stuff like that. Just to, yeah, we didn't care. I, we thought it was funny though, because there were actual like teams and stuff that would have like actual coaches and like they'd practice and like, we'd just show up and be like, Oh, Hey, what's up? So the games we won, they felt just really funny. You can meme us, but um, That's fair. Yeah, but anyway, great halftime performance. Uh, J-Lo, Shakira, you guys are icons. Thank you for doing everything you do. Facts. Facts. <laughs> All right, okay. my, uh, my fourth one is any Doritos or Budweiser Clydesdale commercial. Doritos Those ones, are always the best. I love so Budweiser good. ones. Budweiser is the goat of Super Bowl commercials. Exactly. Uh, it's fair to say. Doritos is not far behind. Those ones are always pretty funny, too. Well, and, like – you keep seeing them uh, like those, those commercials don't get old either. No, like you could, I could go back and watch them right now. And I would, it would be like watching them for the first time. Yeah. And I thought the, uh, the, what's his face, John Krasinski commercial, like the smart park Boston thing was pretty funny last year too. Oh yeah. I'm, that's not one of my picks, but yeah, I just thought that was a good honorable mention throw in there. there um, all right, my next one is going to be the Eagles beating the Patriots in 2018. I was rooting – I will never, ever root for the Eagles willingly in my life, but watching them – watching Carson Wentz beat Tom Brady was just heaven on earth for me. I was so happy that night because whenever well, – that was Nick Foles. Or Nick Foles. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot Wentz was injured. The but, Philly um, special. The Philly special, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, because, yeah, I whenever <laughs> – especially the Patriots are in it. I'm always going to root against them unless I really hate the team that they're playing. Yeah. Like I actually, I even walked out of the game. Like I uh, walked out of watching the Rams Patriots Super Bowl back in 2019. That was a gross one. I couldn't handle it. Well, first of all, that was just an ugly game to start. It's disgusting. All right. Yeah. What's your next one? So I will counter that with uh, the 28 to three comeback win by the Patriots <laughs> against the Falcons, which I think actually, curse the Falcons for eternity because they have been, they've been losing some ugly ones since then. So, but that was one of the craziest Super Bowl comebacks I think of all time. I think honestly. so too. And like, I will always respect Tom Brady. Still. <clears throat> I do. Yeah. I, I, I will jump on the goat wagon. I will think he's a goat always, uh, even though Absolutely. I don't really like him that much as a player. I can't really like him, but I do respect the hell out of him. So yeah. that was insane to watch too. It was. And the fact that that's still talked about to this day, yeah, I mean, most, most sports fans and people involved in, in sports will understand when you say, you know, 28 to 3. Exactly. <laughs> They'll, yeah, it's, it's like a hidden code that only uh, NFL fans can, like, kind of speak to each other in. All True. right, Brennan, my all-time favorite. You probably guessed this. Chiefs win the Super Bowl 54, baby. Let's go. You probably guessed <laughs> it. I probably could have guessed that one, yeah. Now, that last year it was uh, not the most – climactic uh super bowl but you know i was whenever, uh, your, whenever your team wins one definitely you got to put it up there i'm i'm ashamed to admit that i was intoxicated to um, actually see it out i kind of wish that um i was 
like clear-minded to actually see the final score. I had to look it at up. At least not day. like mentally impaired. You know? I was crying that night. I was actually sobbing like a child because like just out of, it was tears <laughs> out of joy. Dude. Like literally like there were so many people at this like watch party because, you know, it was before COVID and everything. But mm-hmm. they saw me break down as a man. Like in a, it was in a good way. Actually, yeah. maybe maybe not looking looking maybe at not. it, but for me, it was a good way. That's fair. And I still manned up and went to work the next day. I didn't go to the Super Bowl parade because my teacher at the time was, you know, we well, we had our different like differences. But anyway, that's a that's a therapy session for another time. I'll go this year if they win for sure. Yeah, I kinda and I think to. I think a, a honorable mention that we kind of mentioned earlier in the show is the puppy bowls because those are those are so cute. They're so cute. Just just, just had to throw it up. Little, little babies, doggos. yeah, I love little doggo base. You know what? I I really wish. Um, I'm not really upset that we got didn't get a Pro Bowl this year. I know there's like an honorary one, just to say that you were like, just so people can say that. Well, Pro Bowl. did you see what they're doing for it? Are they actually doing one? No, they're doing a virtual Pro Bowl that's held as like a Madden tournament. Are you kidding me? No. So I don't know exactly how it's going to work. They'll probably like stream it on Twitch or something. It was probably like, – do you remember the uh, red and white spring game for Nebraska? They did it on like – they did it on like NCAA. I, I kind of remember that happening. I definitely didn't watch it a single second of it, but I do kind of remember that. Yeah, I, it, that wasn't the worst thing ever, especially since Similar Pro Bowls just don't matter. <clears throat> yeah, no, I actually – it really doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, I would I'll rather probably still watch it. not we can... see players get hurt and not try for the majority of the game. Exactly. We'll, we'll talk about it on Sunday because <clears throat> it'll probably be fun. Yeah, true. All right. Uh, Brennan? Is that it? I think that's our show, bro. Uh, we, that, was a, that was a pretty packed show, actually, for, uh, yeah. thanks for the uh, amount of games we had to talk about. Yeah, thanks for uh, still listening. Uh, but, yeah, Brennan, we uh, were not able to meet in person today due to inclement weather. But next week, we're going to sound so crisp talking about this virtual Pro Bowl. It's going to be like a McDonald's Sprite. Just going to hit your ears and just send you to a whole other dimension. Exactly. I also love seeing those memes like uh, like on TikTok. It's like going back to the 1600s to give pilgrims like McDonald's Sprite. And it's just Patrick Starr coughing atrociously. (laughs) That's how I feel every time I drink it, too. So they're not alone. All right. But yeah, that's our show. Um, we are also still on YouTube, Spicing Things Up Podcast. Email is spicingthingsuppodcast at gmail.com if you want to send us anything. Uh, cover art option is still up for grabs. Uh, but yeah, thank you for tuning in. Go Chiefs. See you guys. Yeah, I have. I've heard it since I was in like seventh grade. So, but it, it, it's something that I've kind of embraced. And uh, the guys, uh, Kelsey, Tyreek, and those guys th- th- throw some shots at me, but don't worry, I throw shots back.